joining us again on The Backstretch. My name is Heather Williams. I'm an anchor and reporter for WCYB-TV in Bristol, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we've now been running this next-gen car for a while. We are six races into the season. We have six different winners, which is something great. I think something that NASCAR really wanted with this next-gen car is to level the playing field, which they certainly have. You know, I talked to Kyle Larson at the Bristol Dirt Nationals this week, and he told me that he thought that the best team in the garage right now is Trackhouse Racing. You know, Rasha stayed one last week at Coda, and Daniel Suarez has been nipping at Victory Lane for a while. It's just a matter of time before he gets there. But for Kyle to say that when he tries for Hendrick Motorsports, and they have three wins this season with three different drivers, just tells you that people are noticing the consistency of Trackhouse and some of these smaller teams and how they're able to really get it done with this next-gen car. So I was really fascinated by those comments by Carl. What else also is fascinating to me is um, people's inability to stay within the lines that NASCAR has drawn when it comes to this next-gen car. I Maybe I'm imagining it. Maybe it's not really a thing, but it seems like there are a lot more ejections and suspensions and those types of things of crew members because of not violating NASCAR rules. Now, I know NASCAR has stiffened the penalties for things, and so that is much more of a possibility. But the fact that so many teams seem to be struggling with staying within NASCAR perimeters is fascinating to me. Bubba Wallace was without his crew chief right now because he had a tire fall off at Coda. I think there are three total teams that don't have crew chiefs that crew chiefs are currently under suspension because of that same issue the nascar ejected six car chiefs this weekend at richmond for failing pre-qualifying suspension those include the teams of aj allmendinger austin dillon chris busher bubba wallace ricky stanhouse jr justin haley greg biffle the last two also didn't get to qualify because they failed pre-qualifying inspection three times it just seems like that staying within the perimeters is a little bit of a problem which is interesting because nascar has warned these teams you know if you can't stay within the perimeters you're going to get hammered so i don't know if this is where we're going to see the difference between the haves and the haves not right i mean there aren't too many haves on this list of teams that are getting crew members ejected i mean i guess austin dylan chris busher Bubba Wallace are on from a perspective of who's spending the most amount of money. They're on teams that are that are spending a little bit more money, but really these are all mid-range type teams or lower tier teams that are having the issues. So maybe this is really where we're going to see the separation between teams is the fact that they keep losing crew members and losing crew chiefs. And that is where you know, the difference is going to be between the Hendricks and the 2311. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as we twist and turn through this first season of the next-gen car. But so far, the name of the game has been suspensions and uh, expulsions from the track, which is, I don't know, something different, something interesting. I don't know if I like it, but it is what it is. This week, we've got a jam-packed show. We're going to have, a little later on, Eric Jones talking to us about Bristol Dirt. Had an opportunity to talk to him and his teammate, um, Ty Dillon, about a week ago about the upcoming race here in Bristol. So we'll chat with him about that. 
Let's get things going with Chris. Joined as always by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, we sound like a broken record this week, but another week, another winner, Ross Chastain gets his Cup Series, first Cup Series win, also the first for track house racing. How exciting is it to see all these different winners? I, I'm, I, Heather, I'm just, uh, I'm tickled to death. I, I think it's great for everybody involved. I, and maybe the other owners may not want to hear that, but you know, I, I've been just really impressed uh, with Track House, uh, with what they've been doing, with, with uh, you know, the uh, uh, Ross's teammate, Daniel Suarez, was really strong out of the box and had some bad luck and didn't get to finish where he probably deserved because he, he could have won also. And he's going to win too. It's coming. It's just, it's, it's coming. So uh, I'm just, I'm, I just think it's super. And I think a lot of people are very happy about it. I think uh, Justin Marks has done a fantastic job with, with building this team and getting it to where it's at. And there's more coming. I mean, there's more new guys, new faces, new teams, new owners are going to get wins and get trophies and have success and be in the playoffs. And um, I, th I think NASCAR probably could not be happier. Yeah, it's good to see some new faces. So what yes, did you think of the move that Chastain made to get the win? He, had to, he did what he had to do. You know, I mean, it's just... Uh, I think he got roughed up a little bit to lose to lose the lead. So you know, he I think he did what he had to do, and I, I don't think there's you know I didn't see anything really uh, wrong about it. Uh, he 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 felt like it comes down to it. You feel like, by golly, this is mine to get, and I'm not going to let it get away. And uh, I think he earned it. And I think they had well, I think they had the two best cars out of that company, out of that team. So anyway, it's all good and a good, good win. And I'll tell you what, this isn't going to be the last one for him. It's not going to be the last one. This is a start of something. Yeah, for sure. He's been second the last couple of weeks. He's yes, been building up to that for sure. All right, we had another wheel fall off of a car, this time the 23 of Bubba Wallace. I know we've talked about this before, but is it time for NASCAR to see if maybe it's more than just pit crew error? I, I, yes, yes, I do. I think it's time that we look into this and see what we can come up with, at least start, start looking, start investigating hard at what can be done to, to, you know, to prevent errors. This is something that's not good for anybody. It's not, it's not good for the entertainment value. It's sure not good for the safety factor. Uh, it's not good for the driver involved, the team involved, or the people around him. Uh, just, it just, you know, it's something that we don't need to be happening. So, um, I, I can't tell you what the issues are, but I don't think you need to be putting it on the pit crew and just say, well, they didn't do their job. I just, I don't buy that. I don't, I don't get, I don't think that holds water. So, um, we got a lot of smart people in this sport. We got a lot of smart people in all the teams. So, I'm, I'm sure that, that somebody with all the engineering minds we have, that somebody can come up with something here that can say, okay, let's 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 try to let's try to get on top of this, and 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 do something to to make this stop happening. Um, this happened late last week after we did this show, but what about the penalty to Brad Keselowski? I mean, NASCAR said they weren't going to mess around with people messing around with the cars, and they showed in this first penalty they meant business. They meant business. They stuck to their guns. They did not back away. Uh, I'm not really educated 
to know what exactly it was, but he apparently made a part or manufactured a part outside of who he was supposed to get it from. Is That's the best way I can say it. And this is something that's like, no, this is not the way this is going to work. And man, they, they laid the smack down on him. I mean, you know, just in, in more ways than one. Points, fines, money, whoo. So, I, you know, if, if, if this is the way it's going to be, they're going to have to be, it's like a teacher with a bunch of kids. You know, if, 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 if somebody acts up and she makes them sit in, a, sit in a chair with their nose in the corner for five hours, then they're probably not going to try it again for a while. And all the other kids are going to be looking around saying, oh, I don't want to do that. So I better, not, you know, better play by the game here. So, I, you know, to be honest with you, I say good for them. Uh, I, I'm not blaming, you know, he's not the first one ever no. to do something <laughs> wrong. And he won't be the last. So it's not like everybody, oh, let's shoot bullets at Brad Keselowski and everybody at that team, they're a bunch of cheaters, throw them in jail and all that. No, 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 no. That's not the deal. But if, if, if this project is going to work, then there's some, there's some pretty hard rules and pretty hard... Uh, pretty hard directions here that everybody's going to have to follow. And if, if some people start getting off of it, then, then it's going to be chaos. And chaos means a lot of money. Chaos means hours and money and labor time and all this stuff. And that's what they're wanting to keep from doing. So uh, what it is, what it is. You know, there's no crying about it now. Uh, just, just live with it, go on, learn a lesson. Hopefully everybody else will. If they find another one, they're probably going to lay the smack down on them, too. <laughs> yes. Hopefully everybody else will learn from yes, this. Yes, ma'am. All right, let's turn our attention now to the race at Richmond. The first of three straight short tracks. What can we expect this weekend? Uh, more beat and bang. Uh, uh, you know, this is, um, I think Richmond's a whole lot like Phoenix. So I think the racing is going to be uh, somewhat what you saw there. Richmond is, is though, a much slicker racetrack than Phoenix. The pavement's older. Um, it, it adheres to the, the, the type of racing where it becomes three grooves. You know, the tires wear out pretty quick. The lap times fall off really quick. And, you know, it, it just, the, the, the racing is going to get to be, okay, one guy's car is probably not working so good, so he's going to slide up to the top, and he'll find grip up there where another guy is running down here on the bottom, and pretty soon somebody in the middle, and they're racing all over the racetrack like that. So I, I really think this car at this racetrack is going to be pretty entertaining, you know. So then, then, you know, we have Martinsville, which is a slower version of Richmond, and then we have the Bristol Dirt. So the next three races, um, there's probably going to be a lot of parts replaced, <laughs> a lot of body parts replaced, and a lot of, uh, you know, um, fixing and repairing. But I think, I think you're going, I think you're going to get to see some good old-time slam-bang action in some pretty neat-looking, slick-looking hot rods that are new and, uh, I say just, just stay tuned, stand back and watch. I think it's gonna be pretty entertaining. Joining us now is Eric Jones, driver of the number 43 for Petty GMS Racing. Talk about coming back here and racing the dirt, all the changes, it's gonna be yet another more interesting race here at Bristol. Yeah, it should be good. I mean, I thought last year went well in its own right, but I think moving the race to a night race and, and also adding the banking to the track, I think is gonna be two really great things for for racing here in general and, and make the race even better than what it was so uh, looking forward to it excited I think you know I think last year we had a pretty good run so um, 
hopefully be able to figure out the track as uh, as it changes and, and keep up with it and um, you know have another good day with the uh, with the Tide car. Talk about having that back on your car this year. I mean, you ran pretty well with them here last year on your hood. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I uh, I was obviously excited last year to have them on board, and um, you know, you look at Tide in the history of the sport. And there's been so many iconic cars um, that have that have ran that paint scheme, and so to have my chance to, to drive it in my own right has been fun uh, at this race last year, and then obviously coming back trying to make a, uh, a an even better run at it is going to be pretty fun. So would love to get him to victory lane. You know that's the ultimate goal, and um, you know I think we have as good a shot as anyone uh, coming back. You talk about racing on Easter Sunday. It's an odd thing for NASCAR. I think they said it's happened 12 times and not since the 70s. So can you just talk about that change and what it might mean for visibility for the sport? Well, it's definitely a lot different. You know, uh, I've never <laughs> I've never ran a race on Easter, I don't think, in my life. So I think, though, overall, it's going to be a good shift for us. You know, you look at NFL, NBA, they all play on holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and, and you're always tuned into those games. So. Hopefully it does kind of the same thing for us and can become a tradition. And, you know, it doesn't even always necessarily always have to be Bristol dirt. You know, that race can move around and have it, have different tracks on that day. So hopefully, you know, tons of people tune in. That's the ultimate goal and uh, and, and watch that race. Racing with the new car has been really good. And the attendance and the ratings have been up. What's your kind of evaluation of the, of the next-gen cars so far? I think it's been great, the racing itself. You know, I, I've enjoyed racing it. I think it's put on a good race. Um, Obviously, we've had great crowds all year, great viewership, so uh, that's always a positive. But uh, I think in, in, in general, it's just provided a lot of parity for the sport. You've seen new winners, um, new teams running up front, um, so it's been good. You know, it's not the same, same old, same old, and, and that's, that, that's a good thing for the sport. For my final thought, I want to first circle back to Coda and talk about Ross Chastain. There's been a lot of talk about the way Ross raced at the end of the race last week at Coda. And let me tell you what I saw. I saw AJ Allmendinger and Alex Bowman both get into the back of Ross earlier in the lap. I saw Ross get to their bumper and return the favor. Maybe Ross pushed a little harder than the other two drivers did, but the other two drivers definitely pushed. Alex Bowman himself said, I can't really get upset about Ross, what Ross did, because I did the same thing in Martinsville last year. And A.J. Allmendinger, I think if he thinks real hard and looks back, there's probably been a situation or two where he's leaned on a driver a little harder than he should have. There's a lot of talk about the way young drivers race today. And I find this fascinating because I don't know that Dale Earnhardt ever let a driver just go. If he got to a bumper and he had a chance to win a race, Dale was moving you out of the way. Just ask Terry Labonte. I know, he didn't mean to wreck him. He just meant to rattle his cage a little bit. But drivers today are no different than drivers 20, 30, 40 years ago. The key is victory lane. The key is to win. So to say that Ross Chastain is doing something that dozens, if not hundreds of drivers before him have done or haven't done is ridiculous. I mean, Ross is trying to win races. He hasn't run the cup race two times in his career. He didn't know if he was ever going to have a ride in the sport. You know, he's a watermelon farmer from Florida just trying to make it in racing, and he finally has a chance to get a checkered flag. Every driver in the garage, if they were in that position, would do some variation 
of what Ross did in his situation. Maybe they wouldn't do it now, now that they have 40 wins in their career. But at that point in their career, coming from the same background, they probably would have at least tried to get a bumper on someone. Maybe they wouldn't have hit him as hard. Maybe they may not have hit him the same way. But they are all trying to get to victory lane. So kudos on Ross. The kid got it done. He got his first win, and track house racing is running really well. This week at Richmond, I think there's a good possibility we could have yet another winner. Talked to Bubba Wallace earlier this week. He says that he thinks that there could be 16 different winners this year. I know there was a lot of talk about it last year. Didn't quite happen, but the way the parody is right now, the way the cars are right now, I think there's a really good shot that we could see a long string of winners in a row and a lot of first-time winners. I mean, Daniel Suarez is knocking on the door of getting his first Cup Series win. So is Tyler Reddick. So I think there's a good possibility that we could see someone like that win. There's also a good possibility that a guy like Denny Hamlin that's really good on short tracks that needs a win or Kevin Harvick who hasn't won in a while could get to victory lane. So watch this space. Thanks for joining us on The Backstretch, and we'll see you next week.